0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Light. Hey, can you uh, let me know something? Anybody know? Has Vic Fangio burned a timeout yet?
1: No, man. He's saving it for next week. What
0: are you talking about? Listen. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Everybody, uh, I, I'm sure there's some reason why. I didn't even see an explanation today or <laughs> hey. last night. What did you see an explanation? You see You see what
1: he said? He said that he's on calling the next defensive play and he had time to call a timeout. Oh, like, is that what he ended it, up yeah. saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't even see it. Yeah, that's what he said.
1: Really? Correct. So he threw himself under the bus. He said that he was trying to focus on the next play call and that he forgot to call a timeout. Exact quote. Oh, that's a good head coach. I
0: mean, I'm I'm hey. excited about my head coach. If I'm John Elway, if I'm excited about my head if coach.
1: If I'm John Elway, hey Vic, gotta see in the office. Go ahead and bring your playbook. I mean, hey, do, do you want to call defense the whole time? Then go be defensive coordinator. I need you to call a timeout, well,
0: sir. And it's not only that, man. You have like five thousand people employed on an NFL team, and some of them I have no idea what they do. So <laughs> can't somebody say, hey Vic, Vic, yeah. Vic, call yeah. timeout? Yeah. Yeah, three of them. Couldn't like an athletic trainer come and like quick quick tackle him and say, "Hey, call time out real quick." I'd be ticked off if I was their players today. Oh, how could you not? Now be? listen, I don't know if they go win the game after that, but how about give us Let a chance us a to chance. win the game? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about you need a field goal to get back in and 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 by the way, you need like a 60-yard field goal attempt in Denver. Yeah. And they almost had one. I mean, they got to they could have kicked what like a 65 or 70-yarder if they wanted to, but I mean, God, that just Listen, made no sense, man. I don't get it. Of course, we're sitting here rooting for the against the Titans a little bit there, yeah, no yeah. doubt. But it just didn't make any sense. I don't even know if it. It maybe the play calling changes for Tennessee. You know, maybe they get the job done anyway. But how with a minute and change left, you didn't call a timeout is just beyond me. That's that is just. Uh, I can't. Boy, imagine, that's a big mistake.
1: I can't imagine what that dialogue in that locker room is after the game between the players, right? Because. Listen, I, I've been in a couple teams, you know, and and when defense struggles, sometimes you will point the finger at somebody else, right? So, for instance, say you had a bad away game, we're on the plane right back. Well, why coach call that play? do okay, yeah. no, not that this. So imagine if you don't get put, you know, set up for success in terms of calling a timeout or not. Imagine that kind of dialogue. Because I mean, that's not that's not on the players. Like that's the head coach's job. I couldn't imagine the frustration right now
0: from the Broncos players. Yeah, that was. Bad. It was really, really bad. Uh So, uh, you know what else about that game? Now, listen, Tennessee, they missed three field goals and an extra point. Maybe they should have run away with that game. But Denver also gets stopped on fourth and one from the goal line. And honestly, Drew Locke missed the guy on second down. It should have been an easy touchdown. So, I have a hard time. It's a lot. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL today. But it's a hard thing to figure who's who, you know, yeah. and and what means what. And was that just week one? How many how many weeks do you need to figure out who people are in the NFL? And um, it's going to be interesting, especially this year after the preseason and the way that things have, have transpired. Yeah, the Chiefs are good, right? The Ravens Correct. look good. I, I think the Saints are pretty good. Uh, but Drew Brees is a conversation today, too. Drew Brees, just because they scored, what, 34 points in that game? And they beat Brady, you'd expect, oh, Drew Brees, heck of a game. No, he didn't. He did not have a heck of a game. I mean, he had pedestrian numbers, uh, and and people were even saying during that game, "It's like, man, he's, I don't know, where's the arm strength? You know, is, is he losing it? Is it going fast? The old quarterbacks' topic today with Brady, Rivers, and and Breeze, and we'll even throw uh, Ben Roethlisberger in there, although he looked. Way better than those guys.
1: Well, and this is kind of the million-dollar question here, right? Because usually you say you make the most progress from week one to week two. It's one of the most cliche things that you can say in sports media. But it's true for the most part, right? Well, keep in mind now, though, with the the landscape being different and everything, I wonder if we really actually do know an identity week two. I mean, like you said, yes, Chiefs are good. Spoiler alert, no kidding. Ravens, good. Um, Eagles, maybe not that good. You know, Cowboys, I don't know. But, like... I can say for certain that I know the Ravens are good and the Chiefs are good. Now, the, the bad teams, we'll see how that pans out and everything. But this year, it's just it's completely different. So I, I can't sit here wholeheartedly, you know, next Monday and say, whoa, this team is who they are and this team is who they are. You can't say that just because it's so different now, Brent.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's really tough to tell. I mean, Minnesota, do they stink? Is Green Bay really good? They were 13-3 and three last year. And is Aaron Rodgers playing with a chip? And maybe you should get kicked out of Wisconsin and I Fraud. should get invited in. For what? For what? Because I believe in the pack. I didn't say I didn't believe
1: in the pack. I said the Vikings are going to win the division. Okay. And I'm not going back on that right now. It's just one game. So let's relax about that. Go ahead and cut all those endorsements with Brett Marno. I don't care. Enjoy some of those perks back in all of Wisconsin.
0: Ah, I'm coming soon to you. The pickle. (laughs) <laughs> I'll be there. It's going to be about a two-hour drive from my house, but okay. We, we can make that happen. Uh, on my way to see uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Uh, there we go, if that's in the right direction. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out. You know, we're talking about who are people. Well, what about the Jacks? I mean, mm-hmm. was that a one-game early game season thing, or did we see something to buy into? That's the big story here in Jacksonville. And yesterday was a day to enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we threw a couple things in there. Okay, maybe glaze over some of the deficiencies because of the W. That's what W's do. Uh, and that's okay. And that's a good thing here in Jacksonville to be 1-0. And I almost got a big helper last night, too. That would have been something because I would have come in here today and started to say, Now, if you beat Tennessee and uh, Indy has to play Minnesota, who should be hungry? And... Uh, the Texans are playing Baltimore. Mm-hmm. If the Jags were to beat Tennessee and Tennessee had lost, I mean, you could have a two-game division lead over everybody if you win that game next. I would have been I sunshine mean, and rainbows you, and up. You might as well have got those tickets to Tampa Bay right now, folks. I mean, it was unbelievable yeah. what I was going to come in here like. And then Vic <laughs> just decided to sit on a couple of timeouts and yeah. not even give us a chance at yeah. that. yeah. Rigged? Is there a conspiracy going on here, Brent? No. Makes you wonder. I kind of fanned up a little bit last night. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Because I wanted that storyline. Sure. That would have been an unbelievable story. I'm not going to lie.
1: I wanted to, but I was so, like, in and out of consciousness because it was so
0: late last (laughs) night. Like, 1 15,
1: That Eastern Time Zone, man,
0: will get you sometimes. Uh, But anyway, who are the Jacks, right? I mean, who's James Robinson? Is that a. hey, nobody knew who he was, are people going to now look at the Jags a little differently with some tape on Minshew and Gruden, Uh, although you had tape on this offense, do they give you a little hope? I mean, has your expectation changed a bit for the Jags, and how much so? I mean, listen, Jacksonville, you're smart enough. Uh, You've seen the NFL for a long time. You're smart enough. You're sports fans. You. You want to be excited, but you also don't want to get carried away. I mean, even me, like I, I enjoyed that one yesterday. The Sunshine and Rainbows was out. I mean, membership is off. It's fun to enjoy. It. But I also don't sit here now and say, OK, now I've totally changed. Uh, they're going to be 10 and 6 instead of 6 and 10. But I may have changed by a game or two. You know, I mean, could you do that? Is that realistic enough based on what we saw, what you could buy into, what looked like could get even better as the season goes along. So I think that's kind of where the topic goes today a little bit. Who are these Jags? Mm. Are they better than everybody thought? It's clear as day they're not like the worst team to ever exist like many people thought they would. There were some comparisons, seriously, to the 2013-14 Jags, which I thought was just totally wrong Yeah. Uh, because I mean, they weren't the talent. that on paper. I yeah. mean, the talent is totally different. Yeah. And so uh, anybody who thought that is now wrong. Uh, but where does it sit? The Jags still have deficiencies. They don't have the best roster in the game. And the other part of that, the other side of that, I've been big on this the last couple of days, and really the last week, even before the game. What Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell told us, are they going to be right? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I said yesterday, yeah, they were right on some of these things. Mm. They were. I mean, they, they said this, and it came to fruition. Uh, probably not on everything, but on some things. So does that give you a little bit of a a renewed faith in those guys that everybody wanted gone that they spent the off season changing this around and it showed up in week number one and now you're like all right i'll watch a little bit more i'll see if you guys are right a little bit more i'll buy into it at least for a little bit that you guys could retool this thing get rid of some players that you thought weren't great pieces of fit for your culture and everything else and it worked Mm -hmm. did they buy anything uh, in terms of equity in one week yeah. With a fan base that, quite frankly, isn't a big fan of them.
1: True. Listen, one week it's it's really hard to determine that, yeah, right? True. I mean, you, the, the, there is but some signs have? of there is some signs of faith. You know, I think Jay Wars fans could pull the card saying, "Well, you know what? Our defense. I mean, wow, we did win the game, gave up a lot of yardage, but what I'm really starting to come around, and it was probably the biggest thing that I've been so critical on this front office and coaching staff on was letting you know Leonard F- F- Fournette go, right? And to me. And listen, I don't, know, we don't talk about the Steelers all the time because you know Jaguars fans have some certain you know feelings towards the Steelers. But I think you'd agree with me when I said the Steelers are a pretty respectful organization in terms of how they run. Absolutely, right? and know yeah. how to win. Very storied franchise. Correct. What this kind of reminded me of was back in 2018, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that year they went nine and six and one, I believe. But if you remember how that season shook out, they had a running back by the name of Le'Veon Bell who chose to sit out, right? And everyone was saying, well, you guys should pay him. You guys should pay him more. He's he's one of the best backs, not the best back in the league at the time. And I remember they came out and said, we well, got yeah, James Conner. We like James Conner. We know, you know, like, I think we're going to be okay. And everyone's like, James Conner's not Le'Veon Bell. Like, what are you guys thinking? Well, what happened? Le'Veon Bell sat out, James Conner went in, and guess what? James Conner had a Pro Bowl year, his first year starting. It was a second year total, but his first year starting became an absolute beast. I think he had he had 12 touchdowns that year, made a Pro Bowl. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, James Conner might be somebody. Wow. Mike Tomlin, that Stewarts organization, might know what they're doing. I'm not going to get ready to call James Robinson James Conner quite yet.
0: Call him James, though.
1: You call him James, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it goes to show you a little bit, like, listen, maybe they do know something that, that that we don't, right? Maybe that every single move that we you know, look at with the microscope here, maybe some things – are better left to you know, let Leonard Fournette go. Maybe it is better to have James Robinson be the starter.
0: So with that being said, it just it reminded me back of 2018 and James Conner. Uh, I like where your head is yeah. right now. I yeah. perked up a little bit when you said that because yeah. that wasn't the only move the Steelers made mm-hmm. over the last couple of years oh, yeah. to say, we don't need you. Even though you've been good, we don't need you, and we're not putting up with you anymore. And that's a little bit of what the Jags have done. Again, the addition by subtraction doesn't work in the NFL. Will it work for the Jags? I'm going to take a closer look now at that Steelers team Check and see out. what else might mirror well, what the Jags have done. And, and, and now keep in mind and they you know, have a legendary he, quarterback correct. to be able to wrap things around, much like Seattle and others we've discussed correct. in the past. But isn't
1: it kind of unique though? Right? We talk about Le'Veon Bell, and at the time people were like, "You can't let that guy go. He's too talented." I mean, he was one. Of,
0: keep in mind he was one of the first like Bell calls best, best in terms of game. receptions, exactly,
1: and running he was arguably the
0: ball. arguably the best back in the game. He was at the because time. of the, his way to receive it and his patience running yeah. it and. Yeah, and then keep in mind,
1: Antonio Brown, well, I think, it was the next year. And we know how Antonio Brown, that whole thing shook out, right? But at the time, one of the best wide receivers in the game. So let's, let's look at this now analytically. You lose probably the best running back at the time. And you lose probably the best wide receiver at the time. But nobody's sitting here and saying, well, this culture sucks. You know, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, they should be ashamed of themselves. No. You know why? Because they found a way around it and they made it work. And now we're sitting here today talking about, man, Steelers are still good. You know, that they have a respectable organization. Mike Tomlin, a fantastic coach. It just begs the question, can the Jaguars do that? Can you lose Jalen Ramsey? Can you lose Fournette? Can you lose all these guys and rebound from it? Because if you can... That's how you start to build a story to
0: organization. Well, the other thing they do too, is they draft it pretty well. And yes. I think right now the uh, arrow is up on what the Jags just did from a draft standpoint. Mm. And uh, they've got a lot of young players that... Really played pretty good football. And if you saw Jerry Judy, who dropped a couple balls in one big one, it goes to remind you that young – okay, you say, hey, he's a rookie. That's fine. He's still mm-hmm. a good player. We saw a lot of good things. You're right. We saw a lot of good things from Jerry Judy last night. Yeah. But he also might have cost him the football game by dropping one in his hands and two in his hands, but one late in the game. Yep. And if you look at what the Jags' young players did in critical times yesterday. Stepped up. Or Sunday. They made plays. Mm-hmm. So that shows you how hard it is to do it. Mm-hmm. And you got to be talented, and you got to have a certain amount of moxie to do that. And the Jags, at least for a week – did that so uh, reason to be a little bit more um, excited about what the Jags have. Not going to flip it completely to Tennessee yet. We've got a whole week to do that. I do want to know is Tennessee good? Did we learn about them at all, uh, or is the kicking game so atrocious that it kind of <laughs> was a, a mirage of, of sorts for what the Tennessee Titans really are? Do you cut him,
1: Stephen Goskowski? I mean, you let him go, right? Do. Or you, yeah, I think you do, but I'm not
0: so sure they will. Unless really? something's already happened. But sure. I I don't know. I feel like Vrabel might have a little more loyalty to him um, than that. And keep in mind, remember the Colts last year? Mm-hmm, Benetieri. With Venetieri. He cost them football games. Mm-hmm. Vrabel and Tennessee need to look at the Colts and say, hey, Venetieri was awesome. Mm-hmm. But he lost it and couldn't get out of it. And he cost us a chance at the playoffs most likely. Single-handedly, the kicker, the greatest kicker of all time, mm-hmm. cost him. been had a tremendous career. Mm-hmm. But we're about to go play a divisional game against a team that's 1-0 now and might be better than we even thought, and we can't afford to lose games. I mean, Titans aren't the Chiefs. They can't overcome those things. They're yeah. still not there, mm-hmm. all right? So you can't pencil the Titans in for 12 wins. They're a 9-10 to win team, and if they're really good, they're 11. They can't be giving away games, which they almost did yesterday, and they could potentially do if Guskowski kicks and he stinks again
1: yeah i mean if you're a Vrabel, listen it's not a fun conversation to have right obviously um there is some kind of relationship there between him and goskowski just because he came from new england right so i mean sure there, there's ties there but yet if you're a Vrabel and you look at your identity and what i talk about um for our predictions like you know who the tennessee titans are going to be you know you know what they're going to try to do and the tennessee titans will play in a lot of close ball games you cannot afford to miss field goals So you have to do what's best for your team. I get it, man. Relationships are an important part, and all this stuff, at the end of the day, it's a cutthroat business. You know, and if that guy's going to cost you games,
0: you got to let him go. Let's be honest. You, me, and Kuz could have all made the last kick. Yeah. It didn't matter if we had missed 45 kicks in a row. We could have made the last kick. That (laughs) did not tell me anything. If he had kicked a 48-yarder to win it, I'd tip my cap and say, nice. But. That showed nothing. I mm-hmm. mean, seriously, even on a bad day, an NFL kicker is going to kick that one through. Yep. And I know he struggled even earlier, but he wasn't going to miss that but, kick.
1: Yeah, but you could tell, man, something was, though, because he was taking off his shoes in the sideline. I think he took off his socks oh, at one was point. A like, mess. What were you My doing? My point is that
0: one kick doesn't necessarily override everything else it, that was it, happening. It absolutely cannot, because that was more fluky than the others.
1: That'd be like saying
0: a, a corner gives up four touchdowns, but you got an interception to end the game. Yeah. Like, oh, no, those four touchdowns are still sticking out there. Sir. Absolutely. All right, yeah. let's uh, bring it back. We talk a little Jags. Uh, James Robinson, seriously, I like your James Conner comparison. Who is this guy? Are we all in on James Robinson? I mean, is this, is this legit? Because he's still an undrafted guy now. And consistency can be a difficult thing for players like that. Yeah. Should we be getting carried away about number 30 for the Jacksonville Jaguars? And how have the expectations changed here in Jacksonville? By a lot? By a little? What do you think? Jump in the conversation 904 362 9901 star star 690. Or, of course, on social media Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch for all you gamers out there. We'll be back on the ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I played I finished play second, I, right? I lost in the championship to Austin Lane. I, hey, hey,
1: you know what? You didn't win. Okay? That's I did, all that matters. I didn't win. Don't
0: don't worry about what you did last year. You no, didn't win. Okay? I didn't win and yeah. I auto drafted. <laughs> right. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. I mean, we've seen that from TJ all along. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, really has great ability and has the ability to to make plays and really you know you know be a, a difference maker i think you know there's some probably some technique stuff that will will keep going and correct and that's what's great about cj you know he's constantly wanting to learn he constantly wants to do, you know to, to be a better football player and, and we think he's a heck of a player now so i think you know a young player like that you know all of a sudden you get out there you're thrown out there not a lot of people are saying things and you, and you get your first pick in the first game um, you know with plus 2 in a turnover um, bracket you know, that, that's a lot. I mean, he, he did a nice job. Yeah, I would say C.J. Henderson did a nice job. I mean, getting rave reviews around the league. It's Baldinger. I think uh, Brian Baldinger does, uh, you know, really breaks down the tape, had really good things to say about him. And I think pro football focus numbers are out, has really good things to say about him. Uh, listen, it was a great debut. I mean, there's no no other way to say it. I don't know if it makes him a future Hall of Famer, you know. Yeah. But uh, he... he he doesn't jump out at you kind of like Jalen did. Like, I'm telling you, man, Jalen, uh, I'm not that guy mm-hmm. that's like, whoa, I can tell this guy's really good. You know, I, mean, I just don't do that very much. I don't say that. And um, Jalen was that guy to me. Like, to be honest with you, Justin Blackman was that guy back in the day on the practice. you are Like, that looks different. Yeah. You know, we don't see that around here. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's what C.J. Henderson's been on the practice field to me or when I watch him play for the Gators or even when he's out on the field. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is he played a heck of a football game in his debut, and that's an encouraging sign. He's only going to get better. I believe, and I've said this all about C.J. Henderson all along, I think he'll take some lumps along the way. I mean, everybody does. But, I mean, I think he'll take some noticeable ones. I think he'll have this inconsistent up-and-down year. That's kind of been my take. I'm going to stick with it until he proves me wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe he opens this month and he's sensational the whole way through. And it's like, dang, we got a lockdown corner here. And he's just flat-out good. I mean, that could be the case. But we got to see a little bit more to to be able to do that. But it's a heck of a start for C.J. Anderson.
1: Without a doubt. And what I like about it the most is the fact that his confidence has to be an all-time high right now. I mean, he got an interception his very first game in the NFL. I mean, if I would have got a sack my very first game in the NFL, I wouldn't be working here right now. All right? <laughs> I'd probably be on a different team right now, making a max deal, uh, winning Super Bowls. Okay. Cause like that, that's how much it can boost your confidence. So I think from a position where it is about confidence, it is about the mentality, just as much as it is about the physicality. Um, I like what I saw from CJ Henderson and especially keep in mind too, the biggest knock about CJ Henderson out of uh, college was what? His, his ability to tackle, right? His yeah. ability to... But to your every a mix.
0: corner get that?
1: Well, but let's be honest, and I said it before when they drafted him. I don't know what he's going to be like as a, as a cover corner. I don't need my cornerbacks to make a lot of tackles. Because if that's the case, then guess what? Your defense probably isn't that good. With that being said, I think he had, what, four tackles uh, on yeah. Sunday? And two on consecutive plays that were big ones. Exactly. So, listen, I mean, if you want to talk about his biggest red flag out of college, well, he seemed to put the do- you know, that to bet a little bit now. Once again, is he take some lumps? Possibly. I'm just saying from his biggest red flag where he seemed to put to sleep and the fact he's got a lot of confidence right now going to Tennessee, you have to like it.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, by the way, you just kind of jogged my memory a little bit. Now I really wish I did let you out of that goalpost taping because if it would have given you that much confidence, maybe (laughs) – Maybe you wouldn't be here right now. I know, man. Yeah, and then, then what would you be doing? Maybe, I mean, you maybe it does go back to that. If you needed that much of a com- confidence booster, well, Brett, I probably shouldn't have. Eyebrow-
1: my eyebrows were shaved. I was taped to a goal post. I didn't have a lot going for me at the time, and you weren't helping the situation, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm here now. It's clear as day.
0: Uh, hey, James Robinson, also a spectacular debut. It's, it's like the best... Twelve carries for sixty-two yards—you're ever going to see, isn't it? Well, I mean, well, you go back to a hurt- hurdle, and there you better believe it. Oh, then that's the catch, right? For yeah, oh, I'm sorry, yards. yeah, that was, that was a, that was a catch. Maybe a sixty-one yeah, carries, but yeah. the, I mean, sixty-one yards. I thought that's what he touched the ball about a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way they're going to run the football. Mm-hmm. Now they didn't have a massive amount of plays, but I think that's how they're going to run the football. I don't think this is going to be twenty carries for somebody. I really don't. I think they're going to utilize the short passing game as runs, much like uh, we said the Patriots have done over the years with Brady and, and McDaniels and going all the way back, really. And a lot of teams do that now. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see the screenplay, you know, get it into it. So he might have, I think he'll have between 12 and 15, 16 touches a game, a couple out of the backfield and, a, and obviously a lot handling the ball. But that was, that felt like an electric 89 yards to me. It felt like a really good 89 yards. Are we overdoing the James Robinson stuff because we had no idea who he is? Was we're Googling him, we're calling people like, have you ever heard of this guy? We're trying to find video. We're going to the East-West Shrine Game instead of the Senior Bowl and and big time college bowl games to look at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we think they're lying to us. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, who are you telling? Who is James Robinson? So are we just a little bit over the moon on James Robinson right now, and it's a little too much? It's exaggerated because we didn't expect to see things look like that? Mm -hmm. Or is this the start of something for James Robinson? How do you feel about it?
1: See, I think, I mean, from the overall consensus right now, I think Jaguars fans are super amped up just because of how things transpired with losing Fournette right now, whether Gardner Minshew fired the you know the the first shot or Fournette that whatever the, the case may be, but you know Fournette had his stuff to say playing with a real quarterback right now that could have been a diss towards Gardner Minshew. So with that being, I think Jaguars fans are extremely happy to say, well look at what he you know look what James Robinson did, and look what Fournette did. Now it's one game obviously, and. I think it has to be within reason. You know, I think Indianapolis was not prepared for James Robinson. Um, I think Tennessee might be a little more prepared for James Robinson, their defensive line, and how they play football. But I like what I saw, Brent, right? And it's it's not necessarily, I mean, his style to me wasn't like the sexiest thing out there, right? It wasn't like a, a Saquon Barkley or Zeke Elliott or a, an Alvin Kamara where it's like any time a guy could take the ball, it ain't out the gate. It wasn't like that. But it was the meat and potatoes. It was meat and potatoes. Um, and you know what? That can be very filling. And I think Jaguar's fans got their fill on Sunday where it was like, if you can get four or five yards of pop,
0: that's going to make the world a difference in terms of your offense, what you can run. I'm telling you, somebody said this to me before, like two weeks ago when Leonard Fournette got cut. And it's like, listen, Leonard Fournette's a good player. Mm-hmm. But. For Fournette to get the 12-yard, 24-yard on times or maybe even break one free, you've got to live through the four, five, maybe even six plays that go for negative yardage. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll take the 42-yard run, though. Yeah. And then I talked to some folks the last couple of days, and they're like, yeah, didn't have the negative plays, didn't have the negative plays. This is obviously an extreme focus from somebody in 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 that building in the off season. To say we can't have the negative plays, whether it's Jay Gruden who preaches it and believes in it just as, guys, it throws our offense off. If we're back there and we're giving up one, two-yard losses, three-yard losses in second and 13, or we go from second and two to third and five, or those kind of situations, I'll take a guy. I don't need the 45-yarder if you give me a guy that's just going to at least get one every time. And so is there something to that? because? Robinson didn't have the negative plays. I think he had one, maybe. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's going to happen. But he didn't have that. And, and that's a little on the offensive line getting pushed and all that stuff. But it's also about the back being able to hit the hole and make the first guy miss a little bit or or at least be able to move that guy forward. And Robinson showed that. He's got some strength there to be able to move that defender, even if he hits him at the line of scrimmage. Well, it, it does, it's a great point. It's a great question, though. Who's responsible
1: for this? Right? Because we saw... An offensive line that looked a little different in terms of how they're blocking, right? And you could say, well, yeah, it's Jay Gruden, offensive coordinator. But let's ask ourselves this question. Jay Gruden never used a fullback in Washington, okay? And Jay Gruden had Adrian Peterson, who one could argue could be a power running back. And the fact that he never used a fullback in Washington, it kind of leads you to believe, is this Doug Marone's call? Well, was this Doug Marone's idea to be like, listen, back in 2017 when I was here, we had a lot of success with Fournette and the Jacksonville Jaguars offense when we had a fullback. And we 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 didn't really block in that that stretch kind of scheme. We went straight downhill. That's what it seems like they're back to. It seems like they're back to 2017 now. You have a little Jay Gruden wrinkle here or there or there. But in terms of how they're run blocking, in terms of their philosophy
0: of running the football – It reminded me a little bit of 2017. And that offensive line, by the way, did a nice job. I mean, there were, again, there's not going to always, not going to be 100%. But overall, that offensive line did a nice job. I mean, you did not see, you know, in fairness, you didn't see like this, wow, Indianapolis is the best, and this gap between the Indianapolis line and what the Jags did. Yeah. They looked like somewhat similar lines. Now, I'm sure if you break it down, and the pressures, and, and the whatever, and maybe, uh, Quentin Nelson was mauling people more than A.J. Cann was. I'm sure there was some of that. And I'm not sitting here telling you the Jags line is better. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you they played pretty darn good in that opening game. And if that's the case, then that would be more 2017-esque. Yeah. Because the offensive line did play well in 2017.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think they played more physical, right? Like I think when John Filippo came in, he tried to make it a little more finesse. I think he tried to make it a little more about speed and getting in the corner and things like that. You saw the frustration from Fournette last year when they attempted to do that. It absolutely backfired. Enter Jay Gruen, who's kind of been about that life a little bit as well, but I think with Doug Marone having the experience where, guess what? We've had some of our best success when we just pound the rock going forward and we use a fullback, that could be a little Doug Marone
0: influence on you right there. All right. Uh, expectation wise. Uh, again, I'm excited to see James Robinson. This is going to be a physical football game. You know that coming up against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And they got some players, and Simmons looks the part last night. Looked really yeah. good. So we'll see. Uh, you got Clowney, you got Simmons, you got. It's a good football team on paper, and you know they're physical. So let's see what James Robinson does against that game. He's gonna to have to show us more. All these guys gonna to have to show us more. Listen, we're not kidding ourselves. We understand uh, this is not all of a sudden a quest to be. It seems the Jackson go fourteen and two. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's just a total different change in, in what we could be talking about. Instead of what we are talking about, and it's kind of nice and refreshing to be honest. But where does that leave you expectation wise? You had the Jags what uh, six and ten, five and eleven. So after I, Leonard left, you yeah. Had five so i five and eleven. After what you saw, see, it's different for me. Uh, just to be honest with you, and this is uh, well, maybe it is a humble brag, but it's six. And, okay. I had him six and ten. I had him seven and nine. Correct. And then I dropped him to six and ten after the changes and in, in the feeling that we had going into the season. Yeah. And. I also, by the way, in all of that, I had them beating the Colts. You did. So it's not like they got a game that I didn't... It's not like you're shocked. It, well, I mean, I'm still a little oh, surprised. Oh, yeah, me, yeah, but yeah. I, it's not a game that like, I picked. So it's not like a... For you, they got a win that you didn't expect. So now Correct. you could say 6-10 and 10 is my point. Correct. I probably, in reality, instead, I have them back up to 7-win team. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think now, all of a sudden, I, I watched that first game, and I'm like, whoa, now... I got them going nine and seven and, and fighting for a playoff spot. That's that's not what this is for me. This is, you know, and I think they might – six was already going to be pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Seven is going to be hard. They've mm-hmm. got a good daunting schedule, really, in the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. Now I do feel, though, like this is a football team after what I saw out there that's capable of getting the six I thought. And you know what? Who cares about Leonard and Jan and all those guys? They're capable of getting the seventh I initially had them predicted for. I'm going to bump them back one game based on what I saw to seven and nine uh so it slightly changes my expectation yeah and now let me see a couple more weeks and and you could really alter my expectation listen i mean it, it's not a bad call
1: at all i just i i can't overreact so much after one game okay i can't sit here and say well they won the first game of the season so that means they're gonna have a lot more wins than i would expect it now they could be a little better than i expected for sure And if you break down their schedule, I mean, the Dolphins come in week three to town. I mean, that should be a pretty solid win. And they go to Cincinnati. I mean, that could be a good win. So the wins are there for the taking, right? But I got to keep things in perspective real quick here. And I have to bring things back down to reality. It's still the youngest team in the NFL, okay? And so far, they've exceeded expectations from week one. I'll give that to them all day. The question comes down to what happens when they face adversity. Because they didn't really face too much adversity against Indianapolis. I mean, yeah, they, they went down First seven nothing. Minutes, yeah. yeah, but I mean, and they, they, they rebounded off of that. But I'm saying, what happens when you lay that egg in that one game? All right. What happens when all of a sudden we're talking now? Oh, there's the Jaggers that we were expecting. How do they handle that? How does the locker room handle it? Now they have a great leader in Gardner Minshew and it seems like Doug Marone's, um in it to win and things like that. But I'm just saying having those young guys in the locker room, how is that going to, how are they going to be able to handle that? I'll
0: tell you what though, N- this week's game? Is a potential narrative changer. Mm-hmm. Like if they somehow go to Tennessee and win,
1: that's See, a narrative I
0: changer. I don't even need that. Like, like I said before, I don't need that. Brent. Yeah, you said hang around and I be just them to hold their own. Kind of what it looks like. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying if they do win, sure. that's a narrative changer. Like the rest of the league, the division could be one and one, zero and two, zero and two. Quite frankly, if you look at who they have to play, mm-hmm. and if the Jaguars were two and zero after that game, going to Tennessee and beating Indy, yeah. I mean, th- listen, they could turn around and lose to. Miami on Thursday night, and the Bengals the next week. I'm just telling you, the narrative will change. Like the 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 perception of the team will change. the The power rankings that somebody did today, instead of jumping up to 27th, they'll Mm. be jumping up to like 16th. Yeah, you know, I mean, it will totally change. Yep. in, In terms of how you look at this season. That's if they can beat them. And it doesn't. they don't have to beat them to still be a halfway decent team, but that would really change things no, in terms I mean, of people's eyes. If they do that,
1: then, then obviously your entire expectation of this team, it has to change. I mean, it absolutely has to they've change. Earned it and they, they, they've earned our respect and our attention for sure. My point, though, is, is that even if they don't win and they go punch for punch with the Tennessee Titans, when I say punch for punch, I mean they match them in physicality. Right, because, I mean, we saw it last night a little bit. Yeah, we had, we saw Corey Davis have a really good game. Good for him, finally. Um, you know, we saw AJ Brown come clean a couple times. We saw a lot more play action than I expected. But at the end of the day, you know what happened? Derrick Henry ran the ball for, I think, at least 30 times. 31, 31. for a 116.
0: I think. Exactly.
1: That's who they are. They're a tough, physical, downhill team. And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, in terms of scheming, you got a plan here, you got a plan here. But you just got to match them physically. Now, can you do that or not? That's the biggest question, and that's going to be, to me, the biggest awakening the entire year in terms of being a young team, right? Because coming from college, just one thing—you play in these hard games. But playing the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, you know, with that kind of tradition on the line, with that, you know, hard-hitting mentality—that's something different. And that's what, if you're Doug Marone, if you're Dave Caldwell, you're going to find out what type of players you truly have.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's go to the lines real quick before we take a break. Uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Stevens on the line. What's up, man? Stevens not on the line. Oh, there he is. What's yeah, up?
1: What's up? I, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> uh,
0: my question is uh, for Austin. Seeing what you saw last night uh, with Davey and Clowney, we got them this week. What do you see that Cam Robinson would have to do to hold that monster back?
1: All right, great question, Stephen. Yeah, so how do you stop Jadavion Clowney? You know, now listen. I mean, it, it's a couple things, right? In terms of the pass rush, he's still that explosive guy, the speed guy. But if you're if you're Cam Robinson, zero false steps. You 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 cannot afford to have a, a bad footwork game. Let's just call it like that. Because with Clowney, whether he's you know in college or how old is he now? He's
0: seven tw- Okay. I mean, he's, he's up there a little bit. He's, got, he's been around for he's a while. He's a 14 guys. Yeah. So that's six years in. So 27, 28. Okay. But he's still got that
1: first step. You know, and I was talking about with Marcel Darius, right? Like, I, I, I always bragged about Marcel Darius' first step because it was almost impossible to block him one on one just because it was so good. Clowney kind of has the same thing, right? So if you're trying to stop that kind of guy, you can't have any kind of mistakes whatsoever. And then it, a little goes to luck as well. But I'm just saying, if I'm Cam Robinson, um, Especially in the run game, no false steps. In the pass game, chip when you can. You know, whether that's James Robinson, whether that's Chris Thompson, who's a pretty good, um, you know, pass block in his own right. I'm helping Cam Robinson out whenever I can because
0: the last thing I want is Clowney to beat me. It'll be a big game for that offensive line, no yeah. doubt about it. And it's also an interesting game because the Jaguars apparently tried to roadblock that that titan signing yeah and with that sign and trade with new orleans and baltimore involved or baltimore was involved uh, would have been something but they did try to keep him away from tennessee it looks like yeah uh and couldn't do it so be a big game coming up on sunday in Nashville. We'll take a break we come back we talk more football of course still on the way i want to get into some of the nfl especially these quarterbacks are they old are they too old some of them i mean is, is father time caught up and the other thing I can't help but think about, and I'm not sure if I'm right. You'll have to let me know. Yeah. I s- said a little bit of this last year, but I feel even more so this year. The NFL in the best place it's ever been across the board mm-hmm. for quarterbacks.
1: It's not a bad call. Not a bad call. It feels like that. it's as
0: deep as it's ever been.
1: Something I got a share too here after the break. Uh-oh. I had a huge celebrity encounter Today. Today. Yep, I mean we do this, this every person. day, man. <laughs> Even bigger than you. Okay, oh. hey, spoiler, same,
0: same profession. Oh, but a, actually, a big celebrity. He might have to get the drop button ready. I don't know where he's going with this. Yeah, we'll be check back it on out. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six night. Just be myself, uh, not try to change who I am and go and play in my game. Um, I mean, the coaches told me just go be you, and that's what I did. I mean, I didn't go out there planning to be someone else and someone that I wasn't. And I think just the way after the first carry, I was like, okay, yeah, we're in it now. I mean, yes, yeah, the first NFL the game, but after that first play, it's that's gone. now you got to play, so just went out there and be myself.
1: Jaguars running back James Robinson. That first play means everything. You know, I mean, I, I remember my first play, but like it was in preseason. See, that that's why it's just it's so crazy to think that this team, you know, won this ball game and had some success um, you know, on both sides of the ball really, especially on offense. And the fact that so this was a lot of those guys' very first game um, you know, in the league. Now, maybe one could think not having a crowd there Helped it out a little bit. Well, I mean, having, you know, the, the Jaguars had a crowd there. It, it was obviously at minimum capacity. But, um, you know, not having like that, those 60,000, 70,000 fans in each NFL stadium, you know, and your adrenaline's pumping and things like that, and you're a little nervous and, you know, palms are sweaty, mom's, uh you know, heart's aching, mom's spaghetti, whatever, the Eminem song. Um, You know, you take that crowd away, and maybe that kind of eases the nerves a little bit. So whatever the excuse could be. The, the Jaguars rookies performed very well. And to be fair, some of the other rookies around the NFL didn't perform that well. So props to you know Doug Rome for getting these guys ready. Now, once again, and, and I can't state this enough, and I, I know my co host Brent Martineau here is Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows. I'm a little more of the realist guy. So I can't, you know, blow this out of proportion. But one game, you got to be impressed with what he was able to do and what those rookies were able to do. Like, do you think, like, really that the crowd, you know, maybe being at 12,000, 15,000, had something to do with the success of the Jaguars' rookies? Because I remember even, like, my first preseason game, Brent. Like, I'm there, and there's... I forgot. uh, Yeah, it was home, and it was just, like, you know, 50,000 people cheering for you. I was like time to go now
0: Oh, so you think the fact that there was less
1: there yeah i think it kind of can ease some nerves a little bit
0: yeah maybe it did maybe yeah. it did. i don't know i yeah. don't know I, I guess in the same vein like i said way back you know when colin morikawa won the pga championship mm-hmm. uh and there were no fans i think that helped like people are like oh he's cool as a kid you know they're like oh no no you don't know this guy he's got nerves of steel it's like okay yeah so what i mean when you have 50,000 people at the end of a tournament, it heightens the environment, you know? Well, same thing there. It heightens the environment. Like, I didn't think like it did, but it might have, I guess. I mean, maybe that is a bit of an advantage.
1: Do you think – who Who are the teams that have fans? Kansas
0: City and Jags, that's it? Well, actually, Denver had a Denver. few Denver? last night. Yep. I guess they okay. had, like, invitees only. So then
1: that kind of takes it away a little bit. But I was going to say, if, 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 you know, Kansas City and the Jags win their first three home games – well, other teams start to say, hey, this is unfair. It doesn't seem fair. They're getting, a, a you know, the crowd.
0: Yeah, I I don't think the unfair stuff comes. I, again, yeah. we said we, a little bit of the crying by coaches. I think it was McDermott, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. I just don't. Maybe I'm not putting enough into it, OK? But in my opinion, <laughs> 12,000, 15,000, 600, 4,000, 5,000 in a 65,000 seat stadium mm-hmm. is not impacting a football game. It's just not good, bad and different. It's just not. I'm not here for it. Like, I'm not I'm not willing to give it that kind of credit. It, yeah. it just it, I will tell you this. There might have there's 14000 tickets distributed. And you can take all the jokes you want about Jacksonville, whatever I. It looked like there were eight people there. There was mm-hmm. way more than that, but it looked like there were eight because it's a 65,000-seat stadium, and they're spread out. And so
1: keep in mind where a lot of these guys are coming from, Brent. They're coming from big college conferences that have, like, 80,000, 90,000 fans per yeah. game screaming and yelling. Now, James Robinson, a little different, but different. still, it's probably even louder in Illinois State when he's playing.
0: Listen, here's the thing. The other thing about it to me is... I think the crowd, when I think of a crowd, I think more it helps you. Of course. Right? Like end zones late in the game. Like if Rivers had come down to a third and three or fourth and three late in the game at the 18, the north end zone was going nuts, you know, in a normal game. I think that helps you. I think it would hurt the Jags in that situation. Like it will hurt any team, not having that crowd noise and tougher to hear and just for for a guy on the defensive side of the ball to feed off that energy. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Mm -hmm. But. Uh you're not going to have that. That's that whether that's 12,000 strong, 5,000 strong. I still hear more of the crowd noise pumped in than anything. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't I'm not bothered by it either. All right, who Who'd you see? You you got to pay this off. Oh yeah. Celebrity so, sighting, not so
1: me. So uh, I had to run some to errands at the town center, ended up stepping out Target real quick had to get some uh some beard softener. And uh okay, I'm going to rephrase that cuz that sounded You had as, to do what? That, <laughs> that was that was the most millennial thing I've ever said in my entire life. That was really millennial.
0: You, um, you do what for a living? I, I had to run
1: some errands. Is that on beard? the resume when you
0: start, <laughs> oh, when you head into a cage? Way Is that no. on the resume?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, I, I get some beard softener, Brent. The softener. <laughs>
0: Coming your way
1: for a beard softener. Oh, I immediately regret my decision to say beard softener, but yeah, I had to get beard softener. It's like a it's like a conditioner, but it softens the beard a little bit. Cause I have to be looking good, man. I'm not like Marcel Robinson, you know, when it comes to style. But I, I can clean up a little bit every once in a while. So I get some beard softener, right? Literally went to Target for some beard softener. Well, I'm getting the beard softener right here, Austin. What up, man? I turn around. I'm like, oh, I wonder who this is going to be. And I can't see because the person's obviously rocking. Masked yeah. Up. And now, like I said, Brent, I mean, I've met some celebrities in my lifetime, right? And and, and I've, I've been pretty cool and go with the flow. I was a little taken back by this dude. Medilla. Oh! Oh, Target's Dilla. Met the met the Underground King today in person.
0: You met Dilla. Yeah. And now uh, how was that? I mean, was that like a bro hug or what? Well I mean social distancing, right? But, oh, yeah, I, but, but I
1: think we gave like a little dab, you know, a little I think yeah. we actually did give a bro hug if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to in trouble. Ooh. But uh yeah, we said what's up to everything, you know? It's good. pretty good. Yeah. I was Dilla sighting. D- Dilla sighting, man, and obviously I, I mean at a, a
0: bar in Nashville at a watch bar at a, at a bold city brigade yeah. party. Yeah. Dilla didn't even come up and say hi to me. Probably not. So, I mean, you're ahead of the you, game. You kind of anti
1: Dilla, right? You make fun of him sometimes, and, do, it, yeah. and we're
0: talking about that. It's okay though. I try to keep it a okay, grounded though. at times. You gotcha. You. Well, he's it's underground. Right. He's underground king. Don't Can't think keep him grounded. You were getting beard softener. He was probably in that aisle. He needs <laughs> he it too.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he probably does. He's working, but I'm sure he needs that as well. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell because he had a mask on, but
0: I think he's got a pretty good beard. Did we learn anything week one in the NFL season other than some QBs are old? That's next on ESPN six ninety. <laughs>